I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. The Enneagram is a map of the human personality. But we're not talking about the Enneagram today. We are going to do a movie review. Yeah. This is only because we are in the midst of a huge Star Wars project. Yep. And TJ and I got a chance to see the movie last night. Yeah, opening night. And so since we wanted to talk about the movie with each other... We might as well turn the recorder on. Come on. Yeah. This is going to be... <laughs> we might be good at this. Yeah. Who knows? We'll find out. And you're, you get to come along for the journey. So The Rise of Skywalker yeah. by one J.J. Abrams came out last night. Uh-huh. We were uh, first, first in line. Yeah. We were there. Yeah. With all the other yahoos. Yep. Nobody was dressed up this time. Nobody was dressed up. There wasn't any cheering. or It was kind of a, like, it was a weirdly calm group. That was it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that there are other theaters where... People were really excited. Had to be. I hope so. Ours were ours was pretty tame. Yeah, we needed to go at midnight. Apparently, the six thirty just brings out <laughs> all the all the squares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite J.J. Abrams project movie? Uh, I really like everything at the beginning. <laughs> it's, start, I really like the start is, of Alias. I yeah. really like the start of Lost. The first two seasons of Lost are magnificent television. Yeah. And the rest of it is pure garbage. Did he hand it off after yeah. somewhere in there? Yeah. He just the he, he's just totally really good at starting, starting some stuff. Things. First Star Trek movie was awesome. So the first Star Trek movie not only is my favorite, mm-hmm. not only starts well, it has a great ending. Right. When uh the Enterprise comes out of nowhere, I always get chills. Yeah. What is yeah. it? Something like, Captain, there's another ship. And then, you know, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, and the, yeah. it's great. And they save uh, Spock, who looks like he's going to die. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker, however, came out. Yep. It also started out very well, which I suppose we'll get into here in a second. But by the way, we're probably going to do spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Be prepared. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie yet, turn, turn it off right now because we are going to spoil this movie. We're going to not only spoil, we're going to talk in minute detail yeah. about scenes. Yeah, specific stuff. And like, like you're going to know what happens in this movie if you listen to this podcast. So yeah, be prepared. How, we warned you. How did this movie make you feel? That's actually, we're both body types. Yeah. We come out of the movie. How did this movie make you feel? Um, pretty anxious. Ooh. Like I was physically anxious. For the whole film, like there, there wasn't a, a point where I felt like I was resting and watching this, like I was like tense the whole time. Yeah, because you really wanted them to succeed. Because there was so much to pay attention to. Yeah, there wasn't a moment to rest. We will probably talk quite a bit about how busy this movie is. Yep. <laughs> realized this about so i'm a sports fan and i've realized this about myself going into these sorts of movies episodes the end of 
Marvel, the end mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones, the mm-hmm. end of Star Wars. Yeah. I feel the same way I do when the Broncos go to the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm really excited, and this could really go badly. Yeah, sure. And you kind of, you're holding that hope, like, come on, qu- quarterback, yeah. throw the ball. Yep. You may, yep. <laughs> make it happen. And, yep. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. So I felt the way I felt when I got done watching the last Hobbit movie. Okay. I really enjoy the first Hobbit movie. Mm. And I've probably watched the first Hobbit movie about 20 times. Sure. It, it was kind of one of those go-tos for me of just, I'm by myself on a Saturday afternoon. I just want to sit on the couch and fall asleep, and I put that movie in. Yeah, sure. It was a great movie for that. Yeah. And then the second movie in the trilogy hit. Mm-hmm. And in similar spirit, had a lot of really bad jokes. Yep. They aren't just bad. They are awful. And who is it in the editing room who's not telling the director, brother? Right. You're you're missing. You're missing it. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. It just doesn't work. It's not working. Yeah. <laughs> and so you go to the third movie. Just hoping. They could probably pull this out. Right. It's Tolkien. Mm-hmm. How can you go wrong with well, the Tolkien? The story's already written. You don't even have to fix the story. And it is a classic. Yeah. The thing about... Uh, that movie, Battle of the Five Armies, is it was really, really busy. Yeah. They tried to throw everything they could. Yep. There were some spectacular moments in that movie. And there was three hours, however long that movie was. Right. It was a, right. just nonstop buzz, yep. movement. Let's yep. put every CGI thing we can think of into this sucker. Yep. And that's how I felt yep. with this movie. Okay. Yeah. Overall, I feel like it was... A beautiful but not very good movie that I really liked. Yeah. 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 You Okay, you did really like it. I really liked it, but it wasn't very good. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I thought the execution was quite lovely and wonderful at times, and I walked out going, I don't know if I'm ever going to see that movie again. Sure. Which, as you know, I'm a Star Wars fanatic, Uh so that's a big deal. The other thing I was thinking is, I w- if they had flipped the directors mm-hmm. on eight and nine, mm-hmm. I bet you this would have worked. So this is, I don't want to tip the bean can here, uh-huh. but like this is, <laughs> they both made the same mistake, uh-huh. but Abrams' mistake was significantly more damaging mm-hmm. because he's the last one. So this the one big mistake that I think both of them made that ruined their movies is that they didn't care about the map that had been laid out before them. Yeah. Continuity just wasn't a value. Yep. So it's uh, you can do that with some serials. The, this isn't one that you can do that with. Right. Yeah. It's again, one of those places where how are you not learning how Marvel does this? How right. are you not learning how Breaking Bad does this? Right. How are you not just looking at the great storytellers of our age for how you structure the creative process? I mean, I suppose there's there's something to be said about being creative in the creative process. Maybe we should get out of the box and just hand off movies to folks. But mm. I imagine many will say that didn't work this time. Right. Uh, and this is this is part of the failure of the DC universe, too. Yep is that there's no continuity from one piece to the next. Yep. With, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
something happened and they realized that they wanted to tell one big story over a very long period of time. The films themselves are done by different people, but the whole project is being overseen by a central figure. Yeah. Here's an Enneagram thing. I bet you Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy, Mm -hmm. is a reactive type. Sure. She served under Spielberg. Uh She served under Lucas. Sure. She thrived in those settings of here's a master artist who is aggressive. Yeah. Or at least with Spielberg is aggressive. With Mm -hmm. Lucas, we've typed Lucas as a nine. Right. But there is still a seeking to engage that artist where they're at Mm -hmm. in bringing out the best colors so that when it's her turn, they're like, this person is amazing. They're routinely with me. They're always serving the needs of the project. Clearly, she's the one to elevate. And notice who she elevates. She elevates somebody like J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. who has, who seems to me to be an aggressive type. I would guess that he's a three. And, yeah, for I just, and I would guess that Ryan Johnson's a seven, just because it's just all the different ideas. Sure. Porgs and, you know, yeah. throwing the lightsaber over your Yeah, intentionally shoulder. wanting to make it funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all guess, all speculation. Let's just assume, though, that those two directors are both aggressive types. Mm-hmm. She's reacting to them. Right. So what do you want to do? Well, I think we should do this. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, how can I compliment the work that you're doing? Right. She's not directing the ship. Right. Feige is, though. Yeah. Oh, Feige yeah. is saying in this charge is what I want to do. Yep. And we're going to do it. Yep. And we're going to hire people who are willing to sign off on this is I need to get the ship from here to here. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Yep. I think she's going to wrap it up here. Yeah, I think so too. And that, well, I mean, realistically, this is this is the end of the Skywalker saga. So I so want to talk about that. Else, we can we can expand beyond the universe now, yep. and we don't have to tell this story. We can have we can go all over the place, and nothing has to be tied into the central theme anymore. They marketed this as the end of the Skywalker yeah. saga. Uh huh. That sure isn't what the last line entails. This was an origin story in some ways for somebody becoming, discovering their superpowers. And they, in the last scene, you know, split open the blue blazer and there's an S on their chest. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I don't know that it has to have implications. So, so the Skywalker saga starting with Anakin... And and ending with Ben, uh-huh. like this is the Skywalker family. Uh-huh. Her claiming that title doesn't necessarily have to mean that there will be a continuation of the Skywalker story. Oh, I see. It's blood and family lineage that you're talking about. Right. She's yes. not blood. Right. Actually, I didn't put this together. Ray and Broomkid are the same person on that front. Right. They are embracing... Luke Skywalker as the model, mm-hmm. or yep. perhaps yep. you know, yeah. Princess Leia on that front, right? I don't know, I think on that one, but I think that was a that was a clever way that they. I love Broom Kid, uh, the character at the very end of the Last Jedi, yeah, who has embraced the myth of Luke Skywalker, is clearly a Force sensitive slave. Mm-hmm. We've heard this story before, yeah, and but he dreams of. Something bigger. Got the mm. ring on his finger, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. And she has that same kind of moment of this is who I am. Mm-hmm. 
I liked the ending. I, the more that I think about the ending of Rise of Skywalker, the more I like it. And I want to talk quite a bit about that sure. tattooing scene at some point. Yeah. But with that in mind, here's how we're, our review is going to work. We're going to talk about five things that we really liked and five things that uh, need to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we might do a rundown through all the characters. Cool. To set up our typing throwdown for the episode seven through nine characters. Right, yeah. Which is which is coming soon. It's coming. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to that at least by twenty twenty one, don't you? Let's think? hope so. <laughs> All right. Five things you liked. What's one thing you liked? One thing I liked, uh I'll save the first one on my list for later. Uh the absurdity of the amount of ships. At the end, you like that? I loved that moment. <gasps> oh, where all of so them so much? Yeah, all of, yeah. Not the first order yeah. or the final order ships. Yep. It's it's the no one's coming to help us, and then we look, and it's it's just the insane amount of ships. Like yep. this is what I want every single scene of. Like <laughs> all of the people f- are coming to help. I want it to be an overwhelming amount every single time. And it never is, this made me so happy. I don't know the exact quote, but it was one of the few quotes that got me in this movie when one of the the Nazis space officers turns to, his name was Pride, wasn't it? General Pride? I don't remember. And, they, and Pride says something like, they don't have a Navy. And the, the oh, yeah. henchman says... It's, it's not a navy. It's, it's just, just normal people. It's just people. <laughs> it's something like that. Like it's it's that was a spectacular moment yeah. for me. Especially watching 40 years of resistance yeah. and like there is an underground army that's always fighting the empire. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always underground and it's mm-hmm. always just a handful of people and it looks like like where are where is everyone else? Is everyone else just living their lives Netflix. while this this <laughs> empire is taking over? Is this what's happening? And t- and to see this moment where it's like everyone got off their butts, yeah, and they came and like they're gonna do this all together. I yeah. loved that moment. It's a what it was the opposite of what happens in last jedi Mm -hmm. is that an earned moment that was the one thing that got me there and i will talk about this in my negatives but sure it didn't feel earned like how is it that leia can put out the call and nobody comes and then poe dameron who everybody's heard of puts (laughs) out the call yeah (laughs) and then you have that scene yeah i this is part of the failings of the film, but yeah, I agree that it probably wasn't earned within the context of that one film. Um, my first thing that I liked was I love the beginning. I love that it was dark. I love sure. that the idea in the crawl that Kylo Ren is hunting down Palpatine was like, okay. Yeah, we're just well, jumping right into different. this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love James Bond films where mm-hmm. you start with some sort of little mini adventure. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like to me. It was like, we're going to show the main character doing something mm-hmm. that's going to establish power, set the rhythm. And uh, it's just a little villain adventure. And obviously you need to reintroduce Palpatine since you're going to go there. Right. Um, but there's just a lot of feisty energy there. Yeah. But in my mind, 
this is something I know Lucas hates, but it's, but it's something that I think all, all of the, all of the fans know is that Star Wars is at its best when it goes dark. Mm -hmm. Empire proves this. Yeah. The end of Clone Wars proves this. Anakin killing younglings proves this. Yeah. Like you don't want to see Anakin kill younglings, but you do. But you come back for more. (laughs) (laughs) You would. Anyway, uh, that's what I really liked. What's another thing you liked about the movie? Uh, I like that they portray Leia training as a Jedi. Yeah, that was okay. a really good moment. Really? Like. Okay, so the 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 Luke Leia, when they have the I did younger love how it looked. Yeah, like it, it looked like they were young CGI'd. Uh-huh. Um, but I like the idea that Leia trained as a Jedi. Yeah, watching it through a second time. Mm-hmm. I imagine they'll they'll bring out a lot more of the colors because I really enjoyed that Leia training sequence when she was training Ray. Right, and that would have needed to happen. Right, she would have needed to train as a Jedi mm-hmm. if. Um, what do you think about her lightsaber? The pink lightsaber. Yeah, that's what I think about <laughs> it. I wish it wasn't pink. Was it pink? I was. I looked like it an looked orange like the, gold to me. The metal looked like it was like a rose gold. Yeah, which is pink. Okay, yeah. there you go. I went back and forth on this. On one side, I see exactly what they're going for. I'm like, okay, I see this. Mm -hmm. I did not, you know, I don't want to be cynical and say, well, of course, they're going to try and sell a handful of those, you know, to the kids. But in terms of the storytelling, when they bury Luke's saber and her saber, they had to get there. Mm -hmm. You have to do something with the sabers, maybe. Yeah, and so... I don't know. I'm on the fence. Yeah. The lightsabers of all things, I think, are the most important thing in this movie. Sure. In retrospect. Kylo Ren's lightsaber, Leia's lightsaber, um, Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah. Have important significance throughout. Sure. Anyway. Um, but yeah. Training scene. And just in general, the idea of, of Leia as a Jedi. I yeah. really liked winking at that without needing to explain it at all. Yeah. There's something about learning the magic mm-hmm. that's powerful in our culture. Yeah. Obviously, the Harry Potter series goes down that road. Right. Um, and it also gives us more reason to be okay with her supermanning herself yeah. inside back into the ship in Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Define to, to okay. I mean... <laughs> I... Like she trained as a Jedi <laughs> and therefore has at least has the ability to do this. Right. Yep. The, this didn't come out of nowhere. Yep. She trained as a Jedi. Give it, yeah. give it a little bit more foundation to the backstory there. Right. That makes sense. The thing that I liked quite a bit, my second on my list was that the pendulum swung hard back to the other side from last Jedi's mantra, which was let the past die. Mm, yeah. This is a movie that nearly every scene is about how great the past is Mm -hmm. from Han, the vision of Han coming back, Uh, Luke's training scene, uh, Leia's training scene. There's the John Williams cameo, which made me so happy. Did you see John Williams? I missed it. He was a bartender with an eye patch. Perfect. Um, It was just... (laughs) I just started... I I got giddy for two seconds. I don't think there was any music right there. He has no theme for himself. It's it's awesome. It's got like a... It's like Michelangelo painting himself into the the picture. Right. (laughs) 
Um, but the embracing of the Skywalker legacy mm-hmm. uh, was obviously huge. You're not letting the past die. That's where the whole thing is going to end is yeah. with like embracing the past. And what I thought was the best and most meaningful part of this movie was the voices of the Jedi past speaking over Rocky when he got beat up and hit the canvas. Sure. I mean, when Ray was down and needed to stand up again. Yeah. There was a... Needed to rise, she needed if you to, will. Oh, she did. It was the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I missed that, didn't I? A lot of movies, uh, to go back to Avengers, this is how Avengers works. It's the righteous dead coming back to fight mm-hmm. death. Yeah. And that's what you see here. It's the righteous dead who are in the force here speaking over the the one who is in the ring battling and I found that really powerful. And yeah. they had a lot of, it wasn't just Yoda and, uh, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had, brought in a lot of other voices. They had a bunch of voices from rebels and from clone wars mm-hmm. and from, uh, that Mace Windu was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Qui-Gon. And, yeah. And Qui-Gon yeah. was in there. Anyway, I thought I found that really powerful. The, it's not letting the past die. The past actually has immense value and seeing that played out in these characters was worthwhile. We've talked about this quite a bit personally, but there is something about deconstructing that matters. Mm-hmm. You're handed something valuable, yeah, like your religious faith as a kid, and eventually you see some of the flaws in it, and you have to deconstruct, and you have to you have to cut down some of the things that don't work, and you're like, what is this anyway? And you 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 tear it down to the studs. But then you need to rebuild. Mm-hmm. But often when you rebuild, it can be with some of the beauties of the past that really do matter that are rediscovered. And that's what I thought here. Sure. Last Jedi had a lot of deconstruction going mm-hmm. on. That is pitching a lightsaber over your shoulder. Yeah, It's like, this just doesn't work anymore. And this movie went the opposite direction. Right. It was like, what was Luke's line? Uh, a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, <laughs> subtweet like crazy just in case oh man you want you want to know what uh like Ab- he might as well have looked at the camera yeah it's <laughs> true abrams did was snarky like that in force awakens the very first line of uh, force awakens you know what it is i'm trying to remember it's from uh the old man who is having a conversation with poe in the village yeah max von Sydow. yeah yeah and he says, this will begin to set things right. Mm, yeah. As that's though, right. yeah. you know, we, we kind of took a yeah. turn. J.J. Abrams <laughs> subtweeting all over the place. All right, you got another one? I really, really liked Han Han's appearance. It worked for me. Uh, we were, like, we were told that this was not going to happen. And I fully expected it to be yep. Luke. Yep. And I loved that it was Han. Like, that moment was... And that they specifically addressed that it wasn't really him. That was great. Like the f- the Jedi can force ghost yep. in. He's not a force ghost. He's a memory. Ugh, beautiful. This, this may have some interesting Enneagram ramifications when we talk about Kylo. Sure. Who is it that is processing in that way mm-hmm. where they're like imagining conversations that they once had and really wished it had gone a different yeah. Way. Yeah. There's something that Lucas says about Star Wars is that it's not the same, but it rhymes. Mm-hmm. And so a lot that that's create a lot of the trajectory for a lot of these films. 
both in the prequels and in this new trilogy, but the that was the rhyming side that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. It could have fallen so flat. Yeah. But I, I was real emotional on that one. Same. And and kudos to the performances of Han and uh, of, gosh, what is his Driver. name? Adam Driver and... Uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Oh, my gosh. That's embarrassing. Uh, (laughs) Because it stuck out to me that we were so close in on their faces. Yeah. And it it was very rarely backed out to show both of them. Like It it was zoomed in on their faces. Mm -hmm. And, like, that was all they had to work with. And I I think they did such a good job at, at containing that moment. Walking away from this movie, one of the highlights for me was saying that was Adam Driver's trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, his he was arc, a yep. great. He's just a great actor. Yep, and there spectacular is spectacular, despicable villain. Yeah, clearly portraying being all over the map. Yeah, like really struggling with his decisions and his conversion is believable. Yep, and. That's hard to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, I think Daisy Ridley, I actually think is, is a stellar actress. She, mm-hmm. I thought she did a great job, but there's, there's, there, there are times when you see somebody who is a young master of their craft. Mm-hmm. And yeah. He's one of them. That dude for sure. has got yeah. some skills. Yep. The third one for me was earned moments. There are a lot of earned moments, and perhaps we'll talk about some unearned moments. (laughs) Hux as a spy was an earned moment for me. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and he didn't suddenly say, I'm part of the resistance. Right. It was entirely in character. I don't care about you winning. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to be Kylo Ren. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was so great. Um, the throwing the, away the red lightsaber was entirely earned. Yep. Beautiful. Um, even though it's a dig, Luke catching the lightsaber mm-hmm. and moving forth into having a very similar conversation with Ray as Yoda had with him. Yeah. Um, I love the rhyme there. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be the catch of the lightsaber which he hates, and yet he has total ownership now. And then there's another rhyme, and this was, this was the, the most uh, emotional moment for me was him lifting the, uh, the X-wing. X-wing. Yeah, mm-hmm. That was how the storytelling needed to happen. Yeah. They set that up in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's the case that that's just one of those props, you know, you just throw it in, but they used it. Yep. It's there, it's in the ocean, yep. and we can still use it. Mm-hmm. And it actually, it gives you an, a, a, a chance to bring in the John Williams music, which they they took from Empire. Yeah. Have that slow-moving X-Wing come out of the sea. With all the busyness of the movie, the two quiet moments that actually worked were those, the mm-hmm. um, Kylo Ren, Han Solo yeah. conversation. And then the X-Wing rising up. It's like things at least got a little bit more tame. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Do something beautiful and meaningful. Yeah. Um, and 
I think there's a fair amount of criticism to be leveled at the fact that this felt like it was ignoring the work that Johnson had done in order to tell Abram's story. Um, but, but in that moment, sort of solving some of the serious problems with what Johnson had done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm conflict avoidant, so I don't love the subtweet. <laughs> like, like clearly a dig at how disrespectful the lightsaber of the throwing over the shoulder was. But it also was able to solve several of those problems mm-hmm. in a way not like not just the lightsaber thing, but the um, the issues with how Luke was on that island, mm-hmm. and that the last thing that we see of Luke Skywalker is, is him as the drunk priest Mm -hmm. giving this moment of sort of like breath of, of seeing him in his full Jedi-ness. Yeah. I loved that. I really liked that a lot. So boom, you got a new one. Uh, okay. This one requires an asterisk. (laughs) I loved Palpatine. Oh, tell me why. A, because I love Palpatine. I think <laughs> Ian McDermott is a spectacular actor, and this is a really compelling villain Yeah, who is so incredibly powerful. The, um, he was creepy. He was creepy it was as a- all get out, and I loved it, and I love that he's like behind the scenes pulling the strings the whole time anyway. The idea that like Snoke was his puppet. Mm-hmm. And like the whole, I I love that he is the final battle for this story that started with him as the real villain in the first place. Yeah, the embodiment of all that is the Sith is in this right person, and, and with the Skywalker saga starting with us finding out that Anakin is prophesied to bring balance to the light Mm -hmm. or to the force balance means light and dark in their proper places. Mm -hmm. And this guy being the representation of all dark for all time. Yeah. Real interesting. This was one of the better ideas. And I thought the execution was fantastic where it's the compliment to Ray hearing the voices of the Jedi's who, who exist Mm -hmm. in our personalities. Yeah who continue on, that's not necessarily a blending into the force image. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you continue on as a force ghost, you have personality and that is an, uh, that's an afterlife. Right. As it were. Right. But that's not how darkness works. Right. Darkness for him was shown when he said to Kylo Ren, I am all the voices that you've heard. And they used the Vader voice mm-hmm. and they used Snoke's voice and yeah. they used um, Palpatine's voice. Yeah. But that is a different, the, I love the idea that evil doesn't actually have any personality, mm-hmm. that it's bland. And, and it just gets folded into the next evil. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's more that evil is chaos and a, a, a acidic force that, mm-hmm. that eats away things that are good. Um, whereas goodness enlivens the the specific beauties of what is there in creation and mm-hmm. elevates them. Um, anyway, I, for my own, you know, 
metaphysic of goodness and evil. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it really hit yeah. the things yeah. that I think are amazing. Yeah. So he struck me as a puppet. There was like whatever that contraption was that was sure. holding yeah. him. He himself looked like a puppet, which I thought was interesting. He was like zombie. He was he was half zombie, half puppet, mm-hmm. half something out of the aliens films. Sure. He had kind of he had that gooey something something that you would see, you know. Yeah. Ectoplasm. <laughs> yeah, coming off one of those characters that Sigourney Weaver is fighting. Sure. Yeah. The asterisk that's required with okay. me saying that this is one of my favorite things is that it was not executed well. Oh, you don't think so? I really liked this movie. It's not a good movie. Sure. Part of why it's not good is that we, like... You, it it seems very clear to me that this is the story that J.J. Abrams wanted to tell with the entire trilogy. Yeah. And in order to get to where he wanted to go at the end of this movie, uh-huh. he had to do two movies worth of work. Yeah. There's exactly no it. suspense. Yeah. There's no drawing out. There's no big reveal. Like, it, we literally launched into Emperor Palpatine's back. Yeah. With nothing preparing us for that. How hard would it have been for Abrams to say, I would love to close the series. We're doing two of them. Right. That might be a Disney thing or uh, even a Star Wars thing because it's three trilogies. Because it's trilogies. Yeah. They did it with Harry Potter. Got two. Yeah. They did it with The Hobbit. There you go. They could have. I suppose maybe maybe Disney would say both the Hobbit. Honestly, those two movies might have been significantly better than the one that we got. Yeah. If that was the case. May have felt weird to have the J.J. Abrams trilogy with that one little hiccup of The Last Jedi that occurred right here. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it, and, and it, yeah, it might have easily turned into that. Just uh, slam it all. It, it, it was the case that they didn't know what to cut. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, four for me was, I like a more mature Finn in a more mature Poe. Okay. They came across like dumb 20-year-olds, yeah. you know, in, in the early films, mm-hmm. and rightly so. Mm-hmm. They did show some spots where it was, they they had, imb- they were generals now. It's still a stretch to look at, at guys in the early, th- early 30s and say, of course, general. Right, yeah. But. They're surrounded by people who have been <laughs> doing this job longer than they've been alive. But of course they're the generals. It seems like it. They're they're attractive young men. Give them the power. Right. The it seems to me there's there was some some great energy coming from them that was just leadership and we're adults and we have passion. I really liked uh, the red girl. I don't know her name is Zori Bliss, but she was Poe's romantic. Oh sure, target. yeah, Carrie Russell. They teased kind of the Poe Ray thing, mm-hmm. and it was clear it's like. I mean, I'm not going to oh, believe man. that. That that would have been just and and uh, I'm so glad they didn't go down the yeah Poe Ray path. But yeah, Zori Bliss comes in mm-hmm. immediately believable. Yep, and they gave Poe a past. He's yeah. a he's a he's a drug smuggler. Yeah, he's a, he's he's shipping spices apparently. Yeah, and nobody knows this. Like, yeah. what you were running coke? Yeah, and, then, and they look at him. And it's you know, I got I got driving skills. Yes. Of course, perfect. You just wait. He's going to be a... If they really want to pick up that that loose thread, him being Ben Solo's brother, 
him being a solo, it's it's right there. <laughs> it is entirely there for the picking. He has way too close of a son-mother uh, relationship with Leia throughout all these films. And apparently he's running drugs just like his dad. I, I, I see what you're getting at. I just... I would be fine if they never came back to any of these characters. It's ever true. Again. They they set some of that out. Like, well, Finn's girl, the girl who, why why are they bringing in this girl? The, I like the lady with the horses. Yeah, on the island. I have her name. I, I wrote it down. Sorry, I Jana. Th- I think it is part of the poorly executed attempt to make the universe bigger. Mm-hmm. So we have the first order and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are part of the first order. And in all of that time, there's one guy yeah. that's, that's like, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, so they need to show more of those characters. Right. We need to expand to see more people that are res- resisting the tyranny of the first order. Yeah. Again, not well executed because really we have a bunch of faceless people and that one lady. Yeah. Because her whole division yeah. left. Yeah. That's right. Where are they? <laughs> Why don't we meet any of them? Yeah. Just her? Maybe they didn't want to add m- another set of characters to the already bloated didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> schedule. Yep. It's again one of those things, man. Just cut some stuff. Yep. Um, bang. Uh, do you have a fifth? I have a fifth. I love that Ray was Palpatine's granddaughter. I did too. Yep. It, saying that she was nothing was a huge mistake. Yep. And we had to backtrack that line. Yeah. Because it was such a big mistake. Yeah. Giving her prominent significance. I was rooting for her being Ben's secret twin sister. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of other theories about who she might be. I love that she was important enough to be... Like she was Palpatine's grant. I love that. Gave her a different kind of value yep. and identity in my mind. It's it's one of those weird things with human beings. When you find out this person is from this culture mm-hmm. or this person is so and so's child, it colors everything you see about them. Right, right. I'm super familiar with the Ray character. I've watched those movies mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least thirty times. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she's shooting lightning out of her hands. <laughs> the, <laughs> Wait a second, because the lightning is very specifically a sign of dark. <laughs> yeah. the When the lightning came out of her hands initially, mm-hmm. I was like, wonderful. They are going the gray Jedi road. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, she's getting in touch with the dark side. Right. And this is going to come together in this character. But that wasn't what it was about. Right. It was about heritage. And it was about that, but not... That's not what it was for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I just say I really wish Chewie would have died right there? Uh, it would. It would have been severely unearned. I was so mad. <laughs> I was very mad. The him returning was what I thought was unearned. Maybe the whole thing just doesn't work. They're going yeah. for a quick too much. <gasps> like they could. Let me restate this. <laughs> if Chewie was going to die there. They could have set that up a little bit differently yep. and then allowed that to have some real, oh. It would have been nice to have her actions have real consequences. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. It would have been very upsetting if Chewie, Chewie had died like that. Mm. I'd be, 
I'm not against Chewie dying ever. It needs to be worth it. Yeah. Uh, that's and, true. And part of why I would have been so mad is because we killed Han, we killed Luke, and we killed Chewie, and freaking <laughs> Carrie Fisher <laughs> is just waiting for her chance to not be on screen anymore. <laughs> sure. Uh, in the in the uh, original expanded universe books, mm-hmm. apparently Chewie goes out terribly in sure. one of the books. It was something dumb, like. I want to say like he swallowed a planet. I don't know what? why that was That's what's weird. coming to my head, but it was something like that. Like a marble? It's, I'm going to look that up. It's uh, I'll look it up. How did Chewie die in the expanded universe? Yeah. But it's, it's something dumb. Number um, five for you. So mine goes alongside Ray as well. I love that she chooses her identity at the end. Yeah. That was, that was the ending I needed. Mm-hmm. She starts out with no parents, on a desert planet waiting and the movie ends with her not surrounded by any heritage on a desert planet and she's suddenly surrounded by her adopted parents as it were mm-hmm. and she says this is who I am yeah um there's some, there this is a common way of telling a story where you you, know, you start and end at the identical places mm-hmm. and it's almost like nothing could have changed in the rest of the world, but what has changed is what's inside that character. Right. And that's what's happened to her. Yeah. It's she's gone from here to there, and the journey hasn't necessarily been about getting on spaceships and visiting green planets for the first time. It's that she has taken on self-understanding, and that's a that's a great place for her to be. So anyway, I loved I loved her embracing of this is who I am. Yep. I agree. Bang. Cool. Moving to the things that need to be talked about. Yep. What do we need to talk about, Teach? Well, we've hinted at a lot of them. (laughs) Uh, The big thing, the number one thing for me was that the whole movie was way too fast. There's way too much in it and went way too fast, almost from start to finish. I'm going to go through watching it a second time when we do our deep dive into the characters. How many locations were there? Seriously. There, there, There had to be a 30. Yep. Like, we're yep. at Burning Man? Why are we at Burning Man? Right. Why do I care about these people? Right. Yep. And just the story was jumping all over. They had yep. so much story that they had to tell mm-hmm. in order to get from A to B. This is where an uh, editor, it seems to me, comes in and says, I don't think that these are these are important story points and lines. Right. Make it into a comic book, man. Right. Yeah. You got lots of fans out there who would love to hear about yep. this. Yep. Somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, this movie needed to breathe. Needed to breathe. It didn't. Up until Leia dies, I was frustrated by the exposition. Yeah. First couple scenes are good, but they are... Well, I'm going to talk about that as well. I don't know if you have that as a moment. But Well, it's this idea that like you talked about Bond films. Uh-huh. Bond films start with setting us, putting us into a scene, mm-hmm. and he's in danger, mm-hmm. uh, or and then he gets into danger, mm-hmm. and then he has to escape danger, and like it's it's this self-contained, but it's the first couple of scenes, yep, and then everything slows way back, and we start to tell the story that we're actually in, yep. This the, we never slowed down, yep. A handful of mine go down that road. Let me start with one of those. Yeah. I, I called that forcing moments. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to bring in CGI Carrie Fisher. 
Right. They decided that Princess Leia is absolutely essential for this film. Right. We're going to take all the stuff that we cut that wasn't good enough mm-hmm. for the other movies yep. and work dialogue around them and try and make them work. Right. I think you can do that one time and it's just fine. Right. They did that over and yep. over and over yep. again. Yep. It's like scene after scene after scene. It's like this is clearly being forced. He really wanted to end with Leia and Luke in the desert burying those sabers. Mm-hmm. And Leia had to mean something to Ray, and so they needed to establish that early on. Right. And sometimes you just you just can't do that. Right. You don't have the assets. Right. Like if she died. You need to figure something else out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I love that Leia is. Uh, I already mentioned that I love that Leia is. Like we see her going through Jedi training, but the fact that Ray has the books. And mm-hmm. that the quote unquote last Jedi has died already. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been okay to portray her going through her own training process. Yeah. And trying to figure this out on yeah. her own. Yeah. It it would have been fine for her to be inventing what it means to be a Jedi. Yep. Without needing to have a master train her. Mm-hmm. It's oh. again, there's a lot of good in pushing past the mantra of let the past die. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot to be said for letting the past die. Right, (laughs) right. This was likewise true in terms of forcing moments with with, uh, one Billy D. Williams, who I love, Mm -hmm. and just they didn't give that man much to work with. We didn't need him in this film at all. It just wasn't. Totally unnecessary. It was fan service. Yep. And we need to, so, hey, Disney, and all the others who have these sorts of billion dollar properties, the fan service doesn't work. Right. Well, one of the one of the reviews that I was reading after seeing the movie, and it was scathing. Yeah. But their one big point was that Ryan Johnson's work tried to say Star Wars does not belong to the people who grew up with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It belongs to everyone. I saw this review. And yeah, go down that road because I thought this it was interesting. movie yeah. is like basically saying, nope, nope, that's not true. It it totally belonged to the people who grow up grew yep. up with it. Yep, We're yep. gonna give you everything that you want to want it to be, which is just the original trilogy. Yeah, and there were a lot of stuff that felt like that. Yeah, that's spot on. Lando being in it served no purpose. Spot on. Yeah, forcing some stuff. What you got next? Um, they didn't expand the universe at all. True. Yeah, yeah, talk about that. Well, except for, well, go ahead. So Johnson, this is a big part of what he was doing, is saying Mm -hmm. that it's for everyone now. And so we see Force users. We see people who have nothing to do with the Resistance who are tying into the story. We're we're growing outside of just this, which I also think, like, it was too much too fast Mm -hmm. in Johnson's work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it was frustrating to me because I want to see the end of the story of the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to expand the universe that much beyond that. This one contracted. Yeah, it, that's it, a good call. And Billy D. Williams is is part of that contraction. Yep. Bringing him back instead of giving us a new character would have been nice. Yep. Uh, we saw that that crazy planet where, where Poe used to run drugs, mm-hmm. but then they destroyed it. Sure. Well, they have the Sith planet, which is slightly expanding the universe. What did they call that spa- part uh, of space? Ex- ex- Exegol? 
Yeah. The unknown territory yeah, or that's something. What it, it was something like yeah. that. But yeah, the I think you're entirely right. The expand the universe ends up being wide open for these mm-hmm. creators. And this was one of the things Ryan Johnson did very well is he's establishing force users mm-hmm. and he has a very young teacher who's the obvious mother of all these future force users out yeah. there. Yep. Ray mean is I mean the the idea of ray and light go together yeah. it's like this this is gonna be an obvious you're gonna blow some stuff right. open this is clearly the direction where we're going bring in bring in some some younger bodies yeah you know as it were who are who are have escaped slavery and we've we're moving into this new age of Jedi training and launch those new force users as Jedi I think you could kill Ray as a very meaningful she was the bridge mm-hmm. to whatever you want to do with these force users moving forward. Sure. But they're the ones who are going to, you know. These are the stories that we're going to follow in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And the those sorts of characters, former slaves who, I mean, this would be spinning positively the worst elements of, you know, Cantobite and stuff. But you could get there in, just, in terms of saying these are the kids who are going to grow up and eventually defeat the res- the uh the first order mm-hmm. in all the the darkness sure just kind of launch that blow that open yeah nope nope shrink the universe yep that's exactly right yep um my second big one this is actually my first big one but was that this movie didn't embrace the philosophy and religious tradition at work here and yeah. that's what we are actually attracted to yeah um the anchor for Star Wars is understanding the Force mm-hmm. and seeing the Force used as a character. Yeah. When you go to Tolkien's books, Middle Earth as a character, knowing Middle Earth, enjoying Middle Earth, breathing in Middle Earth is part of the experience of the stories. It's not just about the hobbits and the ring and all the rest. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the Force and how Force spirituality works. Yeah. One of the things I loved about The Force Awakens, we, we may get there when we do our deep dive with characters, is Abrams was retelling the Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is about Excalibur. Right. The Excalibur here is Anakin's sword. She pulls the sword from the stone, from the snow, from the stone, flies past the guy who's not worthy, who actually Kylo Ren can't pull it out of the snow. He tries and he's iffy. And right. then it goes sailing past his head. Ray has it. And then she goes to find the Holy Grail where the life is. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Grail is contained in a man on an island who wants to die. Mm-hmm. It's such a good Arthurian legend telling of that story. It has dived into the the medieval tradition, the faith tradition. Um, it's bringing out some of the best elements of that. And the force is just not used at all in this movie for anything that is beautiful, except for lifting the X-Wing out of the, right. the sea. Right. But it, it, the force becomes goofy in my mind in this one. Mm-hmm. Aside from, I mean, I suppose, the again, the voices of the dead... That might be part of the force and the spirituality, but I, I, I want I, there's more there's a more robustness here of the philosophy and religion that Lucas really put his finger on and said this is valuable and elevated in all of the movies and just have it's just kind of been set aside. Yeah, sure. Uh, it seemed to me to be set aside in Last Jedi and set aside in this one. Yeah. Thoughts on that? I think that. 
there's clear intention to to try and go some of those places mm-hmm. and it's just really poorly executed. Yeah, that might be it. Um we didn't have time. Yeah. Yeah, you're like making that kind the, of movie. The best moments where we see I think there's even a couple in in the last in the last Jedi that um like Luke talking about what the force is, like the moment where she is experiencing like the the dichotomy of of light versus dark. Yeah. Um I agree. I don't connect with those scenes. Right. So maybe that's why I'm I'm kind of stepping over them. Sure. But but there but is it's, an it's, attempt it's there. still like there's there's an attempt there. And the best moments of us experiencing the Force in the original trilogy, those moments breathe. We have time to really take in what's going on. Yoda mm-hmm. lifting the X-Wing takes forever. Yeah. It's such a long scene. Yep. However. Whenever we see stuff happen in the new stuff, it's so quick. Yep. That's what it's a show. Don't that's what it is with Last yep. Jedi. It's a show. Don't tell. Yep. They are totally telling you. Yep. About the the force. They are not showing you. Rogue yep. One shows you, and Empire shows you. Yeah. New hopes. You got to define it and get things rolling. Mm-hmm. But eventually they get there. What you got? What's your third one? My third one is, um, and I've already said this. I think that he made the same fatal mistake that Ryan Johnson made in that he wasn't willing to start at the place where the story left off yeah. and follow that path. Yeah. Brian Johnson, like last Jedi, it's like someone who always wanted to make a star Wars movie mm-hmm. and was given the chance mm-hmm. and made his own star Wars movie. Yeah, that's it. He did not make a sequel to the force awakens. Yeah. This movie feels like J.J. Abrams needed to make the second movie so that he could also make the third movie. Yeah. And he just crammed them both into one. Yeah. That's it. That's because exactly Johnson right. didn't do what he wanted. This is why Ryan Johnson having a Star Wars trilogy, I'm going to be thrilled to see that the, that stuff. I'm right. such a fan of Ryan Johnson having a Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. He doesn't know how to do the through line because he is probably an aggressive type and is what I want to do. Sure. You know, and it's not, I'm reacting to the things that have come before me and trying to paint in all the empty space to make it one big, Mm -hmm. wonderful piece. Mm -hmm. So lost opportunity there. That was my, my second one or third one uh, goes along that path. It's shoot for a good movie. Yeah. You're not shooting for a good movie. Right. You are shooting to not get a million angry tweets from fanboys. Mm-hmm. That that's what they were that was their motivation. Sure. They didn't want the conflict that was going to emerge from people saying we hate what you've done with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so they just said, "Okay, to all of you who have screamed the loudest, we will end the saga in service to all the things that you said you needed." Right. Have you ever? Did you see? Here's the, Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Did you see The Simpsons, uh, where Homer uh, finds out he has a brother? Huh. The brother owns a, a like Ford Motor Company. Okay. And the brother is so excited to see that he has Homer. Uh-huh. He gives Homer his own car to design. Sure. 
And so Homer says, well, we need a section of the car where the kids go where you can't hear them. Sure. And for drink holder, the drinks that 7-Eleven sells are way too big for the drink holders you put in the car. Sure. So the drink holder needs to be bigger. Yeah. And so he's, he's listing off all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's just this awkward mess of a vehicle yeah. that's not yep. attractive at it's all. All creature comforts. But it's everything. Yeah. Everything got thrown in. Yeah. That's what this movie is. Yep. It's not a good car. It's not a good movie. Right. It's not a good story. Yeah. This is the thing, again, for, like, you have these billion-dollar properties. DC, you know, whoever owns DC now knows this. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars knows this. Marvel knows this. Like, the, they have the properties that people will go to see. But Marvel is interested in telling one great story right. with their characters in creating a universe and they need to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, we want character moments. Yep. We want beats. How we is want... it that they haven't learned that we don't want C- CGI? I don't know. It I was don't even know. This, even Abrams said it a handful of times uh, in the lead up to Force Awakens, right. just how many he practical knew. effects. He knew. And they just did so much mm-hmm. in this movie. The thing, I was looking this up, you'll laugh at this. I have no idea how many CGI artists they had, mm-hmm. but it has to be in the hundreds. Yeah. You were, you were paying professionals. Yeah. And you're employing hundreds of them, and I'm sure it, this is what the budget really goes to. Mm-hmm. How many Star Wars fan literature professionals are out there who would love to dress up your story? Right. How many of them would love to sit down and be part of a writer group? How many of them would love to banter all day long about what could we really do mm-hmm. with this story? Yeah, those folks are cheap, man. They're yep. driving taxi cabs. Yep. You yep. know, you can't get a job with a PhD in English. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking as one with a MA in philosophy, <laughs> um, there's two writers on this movie. Right, it's J.J. Abrams, who probably has some other jobs he needs to do alongside doing the script. Right, and Chris uh, Terrio, I want to say. Who wrote Batman vs Superman and Justice League, both of which were huge hits with fans? Mm. How are you messing this up? <laughs> the writing is what makes great movies. The right. writing's what makes great movies. Right. Terminator is a fantastic movie. That robot doesn't look real at all. Right. It is one of the few movies that has a hundred percent Orion Tomatoes. Because it's a great story. Because nobody cares about your CGI. Yep. It's lazy, lazy stuff, and you all need to, to get your act together. Come on. Yep. Land the plane. Yep. Uh, and last one? Uh, you got two more. Four. You yeah. got four. Uh, I did not like Poe and Finn oh. as leaders. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. Kay. I was very frustrated with them as leaders. Ah, tell me why. Um, I think that not because they weren't doing the right things, but they just, they, they seemed like kids. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't seem like they had really grown up at oh, all. Oh, okay. To you me. had the opposite I reaction. Had the exact opposite reaction. Uh, well, I, I liked them as sort of punky kids. Yeah. In, in the first two films. I, I felt like they had not grown up at all. They had just become generals. Yeah. By by virtue of being the one standing there, yeah. So of all things, now that you say it, now I'm thinking, yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> Why do I think that they grew up a little bit? Maybe they were so adolescent in their character in the first sure, two movies. Yeah. 
growing up at all is <laughs> growing up a lot. <laughs> so I'm really, yeah. I'm I'm used to middle schoolers in my life, sure, and so if yeah. I see you having some high school dispositions, <laughs> I'm going to be way to go. Yeah. Um, my fourth one was uh, that there are a bunch of emotional moments that this movie just doesn't mm, sure. earn, yep. and it just wants you to to swallow them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Lando's lines come across that way to me. Yeah, it's like they are trying to pull some of the magic from the past uh-huh. into that space, and uh-huh. it just it's it's just flat. Yep. Um. So, but there there is so much. I mean, how many times do the characters reunite after something, you know, right. emotional happens and right. you're supposed to feel something? It's like, yeah. I, mean, I got nothing. You, you escape yeah. the thing. <laughs> when uh, when that lady, the blonde lady, yes. tells Poe that Leia has, that Leia's gone, mm-hmm. like, you can tell that that's supposed to be a real moment. And I'm yep. like, oh, God, I'm, yeah. yeah. That's entirely, they didn't set up, Leia in this film for you to care about Leia because the dialogue's so bad. But watching Chewie break down... Oh, that gets you. Wrecked me. <laughs> it wrecked me. Whoever embodied that, he did a spectacular job at just the physicality of Chewie's grief taking him over was beautiful. Mm. <sighs> that might be another one where... It didn't hit me because sure. I I feel like it was that was one of those in the moment where I felt like they were just pushing again. Yeah. I understand I that's how feel it should it feel at all until I saw Chewie. Yeah, I mean, so many of those reunions or the death scenes, mm-hmm. yeah, it just didn't they didn't move. Just me. weren't earned. Yep. So I get it. There's another. Um, they have two women kissing at one point. Uh-huh. Seems pushed. Yep. Um, Maz's entire presence. That's it. Yep. She was. Every time I saw her, it ruined that scene. For yes. Me. Yeah. And that's not, it's not because she's a bad character. Right. Her CGI was no worse than it was in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I just had no, I didn't care about her character at all. Yeah. Or her presence in this film. It felt like she was there because she had been in the first one. Yeah. She and what? And Rose's character. Yeah. Just Rose. they yeah. they they're not interested in those characters anymore, and so right. they just used them as exposition devices, uh, or you know, oh, here's a character that you know and love, and we'll put her next to Leia when she dies because they have a connection. Nope. <laughs> um, the women kissing at the end, mm-hmm. and the Chewy gang is metal at the end. Mm-hmm. That is, those were the two where I was just like, man, you're forcing this, sure. and it just isn't working. Yep. If you want, if you want to have like some queer chemistry, yeah, Poe and Finn are that. right there, it was there for the, the taking whole time. And you introduced a black woman, and you introduced yep. another smuggler in a red outfit. Yep, you could have gone down that road. Yep, but apparently you're not going that, <laughs> nope. that way. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> um, last one for you. I put the whole same mistake as Johnson thing down twice. Because <laughs> I'm so frustrated by that. Like, the, his, Johnson's mistake was so clear. Mm-hmm. There are lots of things to say about The Last Jedi. And the one, for me, the biggest problem with Last Jedi is that it's not telling the story that has been laid out for it. Yeah. And, and we have no idea where it's going beyond this. Yeah. And the 
biggest mistake of this movie is that Abrams is trying to rectify that problem. Yeah. Which is the exact same mistake, and he should have known better from seeing it happen already. Yep. It's almost unforgivable for yeah. me. It's a valuable... You're, you're, you're driving a Maserati, and you're going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And you're, you're, that's the job you're handed, and you wreck the car. Yep. The... How do you pick it up from from that that point? Like, if you're Disney, what's your next movie move well down the road? Oh, uh, I heard that they aren't going to make movies for a little while. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah. that's probably right for yep. exactly this reason. Yep. But so say it's 2025. Mm-hmm. You start making movies that have nothing to do with this. Yep. Yeah. They need... Put them in the Star Wars universe. That's fine. Mando is a great example. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The Old Republic stuff needs to happen. Yeah. Whoever's like they were going to do the Game of Thrones uh, directors coming in doing a trilogy, mm, which right. I assume was going to be Old Republic. So this is stuff that's around you know two thousand years before Luke. Sure, and it's it's the Jedi Order when the Jedi Order is kicking, but the Sith have not uh, realized the rule of two yet. So there's oh, okay. Sith armies. Oh, okay, and so there's that kind of the the Force is just being learned and what it's about. Yeah. And uh, I'm still real interested if, if Ryan Johnson wants to go off anywhere in the Star Wars universe and essentially do a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, be fun. Like here's a here's a sandbox. Make make some cool stuff. Right. <laughs> and it would be okay if you don't include any characters or references to the other movies. Yes, it'd be fine. And that's that's one of the better things that they've the, done. <laughs> there's it's a whole galaxy of planets and things that can happen. Yeah. We don't need to have the specific references of like I'm I'm still upset that R two D two and C three PO are in the prequels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love these droids. Yeah. I love the characters of them and 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 what happens with them. But putting them in the prequels, yeah, is just that fan service thing. You're taking that, up a spot. Yep. That somebody else could have been in who had way more skills. Yep. BB-8 is a great character, new character. There's a lot of energy there because yeah. BB-8's a new character. Yep. If you had just put, you know, R2-D2 into that role, right? You, it's just like, okay, we're doing more of this. Right. K2SO is a great character. Give them some space yep. to do their thing. Okay, so my last one was creating uh, force abilities that are over the top. They jumped the shark in my mind with what they did with the Force in this one. Okay. How so? Fighting battles from different places, locations. Apparently, space doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Uh, passing necklaces is was the initial, this is how this is going to work. So if we were to expand the story better mm-hmm. and give us more opportunity to learn that these two people are bonded in a particular way, yep, and that... That this isn't force abilities. This is something that's unique between the two of them. Okay. Does that make it okay? No. Okay. I uh, keep doing the the stuff that got established in Last Jedi. Sure. I think that their ability to communicate over distance mm-hmm. was really interesting. Yeah. It's how all the kids do it because you got a cell phone. You're communicating with people. That's that. There is like bringing that into this universe. I don't sure. know if that makes sense, but the, yeah. you have to have folks who would normally kill one another if they were in the same room mm-hmm. be able to have an emotionally depthy 
relationship. Sure. That was what was real interesting yeah. about that movie. Yeah. And then the fact that they bring in Luke to use the same ability and tweak it because mm-hmm. uh, of how The Last Jedi ends, which I think is brilliant. The The ending scene The Last Jedi, I think, is just gold mm-hmm. with a, Luke using that same ability to... Um, deceive kylo ren allow the the rebels to escape but then the they get to have their conversation it's just gold yeah and there there's obviously the turn you think he's gonna die like kenobi dies and then it's like uh uh-uh. and uh, right. it's super clever right. i don't think there's any reason to have luke die at the end of last jedi but um it's super clever but here they're handing off items right and so this goes back to my the big thing that i loved and yet it was set up, ju- it was a softball ready to hit, was Anakin's sword, which is Excalibur in these movies. And they had set up in Force Awakens that that is the object of Kylo Ren's desire, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get to have it. Right. But when he converts to Ben Solo, he has earned it. Mm-hmm. And they needed there to be a scene where he picked up the sword. Yeah. And instead what they did was she, Luke Skywalker, this and threw it over her shoulder. Right. And that was how he got the sword. Like of all the things that you're going to do a callback to, there needed to be some emotion in that, that item. That item is, that is the DeLorean from Back to the Future. You know, it, it is an item in a universe that has such significance and value. Do something with it. And so anyway, though their their solution was we can pass items through the force so that when the Knights of Ren surround Kylo Ren, then he can pick it up and have a very, very quick battle with his high school friends. Right. Which also was a huge missed opportunity. I thought right. those characters looked great. Yep. The Knights of Ren would have been so interesting. Yep. And they just all right, we give well, us more. We gotta blow through this yep. here in two minutes. Yep. So, gotta um, get through it quickly. <laughs> But the conversion is there. He throws away the red sword, and now you, Ben Solo, get to inherit. You get to be a steward of Anakin Skywalker's sword. Yeah. And it just, it, it was a fist bump. You know, it was, sure. here, here you can take it. Um, that was a bummer. Uh, all right, so quick through. Here's what we're going to do with characters. <laughs> One sentence okay. on each of the characters. Okay. Thought on Luke in this movie. We get to see old man Jedi. As opposed to the drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I love images of the faithful departed who get to speak to the living. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really attracted to those stories, and, I, and I'm just a sucker for it. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Leia. Should have died in The Last Jedi. Should have died in The Last Jedi. They set that one. She died before that movie came out. They yep. should have just said, you know what? We just Fixed need it. to scrap it. Yep. And, and, we, and, and postpone. She should have died in The Last Jedi. Gave it huge, it would have given it huge stakes. Yep. Because even Leia can die. Yep. Uh, C-3PO. Didn't care. This is my favorite C-3PO performance. I didn't care about this one at all. (laughs) No. Complete opposite. He was annoying, and then he... He's always annoying. He's never, like, this annoying, though. Okay. Like, like he's he's, he feels so comfortable now Uh that he's inserting his annoyingness. Yeah, he's a caricature of himself. Yeah, 
the Mr. Short-Term Memory side of this character I thought was great. That, sure. that you know, you've spent so many years with this character and then he doesn't know who he is. Just I, I thought it was crap. But up. again, with the with the switcheroo uh-huh. of R2 has his memory banks anyway. Sure. Yeah, that was a mistake too. They should they should they, they did this with data in Star Trek where data has a clone and then Data dies, but the clone mm-hmm. picks up at where Data would have been as an infant. Uh, sure. You know, sci- uh, what do you call those? Android. Yeah. And then he begins to learn. Yeah. That was such a great move. Could have done that here. Lando. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. I love right. Billy D. Williams. Yeah. We've, we said that in presence. the past podcast. Totally unnecessary. He brought nothing to this story. It's unfortunate because I really, that was the one character in rewatching the movies that really popped for me is mm. he's a good actor. Yeah. He's a really good actor yeah. and just, you're not giving him anything. Yep. Palpatine. I've already expressed my love I for guess, Palpatine. I guess true. <laughs> creepy. Dude was oh, a zombie, so creepy. creepy. Star Wars, I thought, just nailed what he needed to nail. Yep. Um, some over the topness at, at points there. Sure. But the um, as cool as it was, the lightning into the sky mm-hmm. was also a like. Yes, it, this is an intentional making us nervous mm-hmm. for no reason. Yeah, this is this is just emotional manipulation. Yeah, that one got me in terms of the stakes, but it felt like too much. Mm-hmm. It's just like we we should have it, there are ways that they could have done that to imply the stakes mm-hmm. that also didn't feel like it was a, a co- completely unnecessary. Yeah. The fact that they're like all of the ships are falling out of the sky. Yeah. And then he just stops the lightning and all of a sudden the ships are back to their job. And like, it's literally like, all right, we're back on. Let's get back to it. (laughs) I forgot about that. What? So true. Uh, Got any thoughts on R2 in this movie? No. Doesn't have anything really to do in this one. Like this is the last of the movies. Yep. Maybe they have plans for him in the future or something, but I hope not. Not much of a send off there. Cause he's just let the past die. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And BB-8 it's the same way for me on this one. Right. It's yeah. just kind of he just is kind of the cute character. He's there but doesn't have much of a right narrative uh device there. Uh the established new characters. Anything more to say about Kylo Ren? It could be argued that the original trilogy is about Vader. Mhm. This trilogy is about Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's good. I think I think that's right. Yeah. Uh love the conversion. Yep. Just and love I love that I'm he driving. uses powers from the dark side mm-hmm. <laughs> to bring her back to life. Ooh. Like, that's not a is thing that, what that the Jedi can do. There is no power that can bring back the, the dead. Like, oh, I like missed this that. isn't a thing for the Jedi. Yeah. It is a thing for the Sith. And he has learned it. I miss that. Her, her ability is to heal, his is to resurrect. Didn't they have some sort of line early on in this movie? I was trying to remember this, where you can bring somebody back from the dead, but you'll you'll die in the process. I have no memory of that. There was something is said, and I, when I rewatch it, well, I'll, I'll I'll say it in our when we do our uh, dive into that character. But there was something about that. Anyway, uh, anything more to say on Ren, on Ray? I also really love that she saved herself. I do too. Yeah. I thought she came across as a powerful, worthy 
she was the one who is the hero in that group of three, yep. for sure. Yep. I, and I, and she like Kylo brings her back to life and stuff, but like and she is all of the Jedi, mm-hmm. but it's it's her. She's the one standing there. It's yeah. it's not a team. It's not there isn't some male savior that yeah. comes in at the last minute. Like it's her. She saves herself. She she won. Yeah. The battle. Yeah. The fact that she is resurrected there is a gift. Yep. It's not that's not necessarily a Kylo Ren or Ben Solo there. Um yeah, saving the right. princess as it were. Right. No, she won yeah. already. Yeah. This is simply a gift of life. And yeah, yeah that was a beautiful image. And he needed to die. Yep. That was going in. I, I knew that was the big thing. I didn't know if he was going to come back. This is the end of the Skywalker but saga. He, but he needed to die. And this yeah. is how you bring balance back to the Force. Yeah. Is you have a character move from the dark to the light mm-hmm. to save a character that has moved from the dark to the light. Mm-hmm. Bang. Lots to be said there. I want. I really want to look for that image. That was what I was hoping to see. What does it look like to bring balance to the force? Mm-hmm. I need to think more on that. That's a good theory. Yeah. Um, anything else to be said about Finn or Poe? No, don't care. Anything more to say about uh, Rose or Hux? Uh, they felt like throwaway characters for this one. Yep, I did like what they did with Hux. We, I suppose, I already I, said yeah. it in terms of the spy thing, yeah. but. Um, yeah, Maz Kanata we've talked about. Knights of Ren, anything else to be said about the Knights of Ren? I wish we had done more. Wish we had done more. That's kind of one of those, this is what happened with Boba Fett in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what they had. Yep. I bet you a lot of people are like, man, I don't, you, you have these rebel hunters, resistance yep. hunters. When the Knights of Ren movie comes out, yeah. it's going to be really it's, good. It's go get them. Yeah. Uh, new characters, General Pride, anything to say don't there? Care. Don't care. Janna? Who is the stormtrooper riding a horse on a... Oh, de- I, I again, I want more. Oh, really? I want more stormtroopers that have defected. Defected stormtrooper stories. Yep. I think that's... Well, do you do you want to see the Billy D and Janna movie? The the movie where we TV find show? out that, that she is his daughter? I don't I sure care at all. Not. Sure hope not. <laughs> I don't know Not if they interested. were implying that. Uh, if they go the other implied route, which is where a big part of the expanded universe is going to be finding homes for all of the kids that were taken, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. There you go. So it's kind of, yeah. you can make a TV show out of that yeah. on the Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, you want to see a Zori Bliss Poe Dameron movie? Who? She's the red girl. I don't care. <laughs> I they set I thought they set that up pretty strong there yeah. at the end. Both those is is like we might do this if mm-hmm. if there's a there's some desire. Sure. Um, I as a final thought, I thought this was the worst of the three closing movies: Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, and it for all the reasons that we kind of mentioned. Sure. Those at least I thought that I thought Revenge of the Sith actually did the job the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, just Return of the Jedi, I think is has so many great elements and I just can't get past the Ewoks. By the way, how'd you like the Ewok scene in this I one? I was so happy. N- no, you yes. were not. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. I really like the closing scenes. That was looking at the camera for me. Sure. When they did the... They had already done enough of it. I was fine with it when it happened. And it was another, <laughs> another way to throw back and also let it be a little different. So this is just like, 
like the original trilogy has those added in scenes where they show rejoicing all over the universe, which which I also hate, but because it's poorly executed because yeah. it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, this is showing scenes from the forty year history. Yeah, like the, it, it didn't give us a lot; it just gave us some. Yeah, and I I liked it. So I'm mean, not saying it was good. I'm saying I liked it. Right, right. It's again the case. The the only place this is really they've done this kind of scene well is in the Fantastic Rebels cartoon. Sure. Where they have this scene, but they actually execute it well. <laughs> I have not yet seen that. And so. they are so great. You we'll need see. to go do it. Um We're going to do a deep dive into yeah. the motivations of these characters in some of the episodes coming up. Hey, for those of you who are new, we have a podcast called Around the Circle, and this focuses on what motivates us. Uh, we talk about uh, how we're wired, what our type is, what are the big things that push us forward in our relationships and we use fictional characters often to illustrate those things so if you got into our banter if you got into the way that we talk about these fictional characters do look at at what we've started uh we've done a four podcast series on the avengers and we have just started our nine episode deep dive into the star wars universe so hit subscribe take a listen um hit us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we would love to hear um, from you or just put something in the comments section. Um, he's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. My name's Jeff Cook. You got anything else? May the force be with you. There you go. And also with you. 